Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Pasternak going for the hat trick. He scores! And David Pasternak with the hat trick here in Lake Tahoe. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmied, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, the Bruins and the Flyers take it outside in Lake Tahoe and future places to play outdoors. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Well, the NHL went outside in Lake Tahoe this weekend, and I would say it was kind of successful. Not completely, all right? There was one issue on Saturday's game between Colorado and the and Vegas, all right? Now, the heat, now this game was scheduled for 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, and the heat of the afternoon sun made the ice soft, all right? It, it 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 happens, okay? It happens. I mean, anybody who's gone, you know, anybody who's built a backyard rink or even skated on a pond, the ice is eventually going to get soft, especially this time of year, you know, when the sun is at its, you know, not to be a scientist or anything, but when the sci- when the sun is basically at a high point and basically it's going to melt a little bit of the ice, all right? So that's basically the science world today, all right? Because if you ever notice, and they should have known this from the from the very beginning, that playing this game, playing both of these games midday in the hot sun isn't going to work. Okay, I mean, think about this: if you look at your driveway after after you shovel, or even after you know around this time of year, you notice that the blacktop kind of melts the ice. So maybe, you know, they, they should have had a clue there, okay? You know, the players kept, and officials kept falling down, and finally they they suspended play after the first period, and they decided to come back for this play, play the rest of the game uh, eight hours later, which was kind of crazy f- for them because, you know, you got to figure it was 9 o'clock Pacific time and it was 12 midnight, and, you know, I did stay up because I'm a big hockey fan. I did stay up and watch the whole game and watch Colorado beat Vegas 3-2. to So it was a, you know, maybe this is going to be a learning experience that maybe that when you play games later in the year, like not, you know, like a stadium series game or, you know, or whatever, you got to do it sometime probably more during during at night, all right. You got to play play these games at night, since you're out for, further from 
you know, New Year's because New Year's, the New Year's game is like, it's going to be a lot, whole hell of a lot colder than it's going to be, you know, and the sun is going to be at its like lowest point in the whatever. And, you know, you got to play these games, you know, at night once you get later on in the, in the, in the season. Now, Sunday's game between the Flyers and the, and the, and the Bruins, that was moved to 4.30 Pacific time. It was scheduled for 3 o'clock. They moved it to another time, and then they, they moved it around a couple of times. They moved it to 11 o'clock at one point, all right? But moving it to 4.30 was a, was a good, good, good idea. I love that idea. The ice conditions were good. The only issue for, for, for that was the glare at one end of the ice where Tuca was between the pipes. That was it. That's the only that's the only thing that I saw an issue with starting this game at 4:30 in the afternoon on the West Coast. You know, once the sun began to set, the backdrop for this game was was um, was unreal. I mean, the sun setting behind the mountains and the lake, you know, and especially when there there's a shot of Charlie McAvoy's goal from the other from a camera at the other end looking down the ice and you see the players on the ice and then you see the mountains and the lake in the background. It made a Ford that that to me is like that to me could have been a Bob Ross painting if if he was still alive. He could have painted or even any painter could have painted something like that and it looked amazing. And once the sun went down, the colors of the of the jerseys, I mean, come on. The Bruins gold retro jerseys and the Flyers um, orange retro jerseys, those popped. I mean, it was awesome. It was really awesome. And, of course, the second period was a good period once the sun went down because the it seemed like the ice got a little bit, you know, was, was in really good condition. The, the skating was fast. I mean, maybe the... The sun going down, you know, you're playing out in the elements. It was like 20, it was like in the 20s, you know, you know, you had good hard ice and the, and it seemed to me like the players were, were really quick. I mean, fast skating. Now the Bruins exploded for four unanswered goals in the second period. They got a hat trick from uh, David Pasternak, or as I like to call, call him after yesterday, macho man, David Pasternak. Trent Frederick scored his first NHL goal. Of course, he had Carl, um, Carl, um, he had Charlie Coyle score a goal. Charlie McAvoy with a goal, and uh, Nick Ritchie tipping one in. So, and the final score was seven to three with a win over the Flyers. I mean, to be honest, that was a, I mean, it was such a great backdrop. It was. I mean, you had, you know, not only did you have the you know, the lake there, you know, the sun going down. I mean, it was, it was, it was different. And I kind of like that. It was a different setting other than a baseball stadium or a football stadium. And watching this game made me think about something. If the NHL can build a rink on a golf course, they could build it anywhere, not just football and baseball stadiums. Now, I know the only reason why they were able to play this ga- the game this weekend was because no fans were allowed. All right, that's the only reason why they were able to get th- to pull this one off. You know, they're gonna want they're gonna want to go back to playing in a baseball or football stadium once things return to normal, because they're gonna want the gate revenue and everything else. So 
I got the thing, you know, so basically if they wanted to, they could pull this off with temporary stands. I know that there would be a limited capacity, like a small, you know, a small crowd, like maybe if you're lucky, maybe 10,000. That's roughly what you're going to get, you know, or, you know, 10 to 15,000. That's roughly what you're going to get, you know, in a, in an NHL game at an, at a regular arena. So, but this would be something different, not just, you know, going to Fenway Park or Gillette Stadium, you know, and sitting there freezing your ass off, you know, it would be fun to do it in other places. So I got the, so I said to myself, well, where else can they, you know, put up a rink, you know, and actually play games? So, you know, I know Lake Louise in Alberta has popped up the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I could see Canadian teams playing on Lake Louise in Alberta. I could see that. You know, maybe setting up a rink on the shores of the Great Lakes. I mean, it could be done. You know, like I said, you just got to put up temporary stands, probably a 10,000 seat capacity. Um, Niagara Falls, you can do that. I mean, there are two golf courses, you know, right there. I mean, not literally on the falls itself, but there are two golf courses right at Niagara Falls. You did it this weekend. You can do it again. Just, you know, some temporary, you know, grandstands. I know last week I talked about the Rangers playing the Islanders in a game at Central Park. Now, there is already a, a rink at Central Park. I don't know if it's a regular regulation size NHL rink, but you could possibly find a place in Central Park, I mean, it's big enough to put up a rink and some grandstands so people could watch. Now, another another crazy idea, like like I said, you know, all these all these things are all these ideas are are just way out there. Just got me thinking. You know, you could play a game right next door to the Islanders' new arena at Belmont Park. Okay, they already have grandstands up. All you need to do is. In that front straightaway, just set up a rink. That's it. That's all you have to do. Maybe put up some additional, you know, grandstands on the other on the other side of the rink, or just leave it completely open. But you know, right there, right next door to the to the Islanders' new arena at Belmont Park. Now, another idea I had was okay, the Washington Capitals. All right, they've played at their baseball stadium. I I don't think that they've played at the football stadium stadium yet. And I was thinking, you know what? What would be really cool? The National Mall in D.C. Well, that one I, I might as well just throw out the window there because you have that big reflecting pool thing. You know, you would actually have to drain the water in order to probably play. So that's out. But, hey, it's still a good idea. Now, the other idea I had was the Nashville Predators hosting a game at Bristol Motor Speedway in Bristol, Tennessee. Okay, it's a it's a basically a, it's basically a racetrack inside of a stadium. I mean, Texas, I believe it was a couple of years ago, it was Virginia Tech and West I believe it was Tennessee and Virginia Tech actually played a football game in there. So, why not put a hot, put an ice rink in the middle of the speedway right there in the infield? I mean, they actually I mean, it's it holds about 140 something people. Um they have they have a scoreboard actually in the middle of the of the um, of the track. I mean a freestand not a freestanding, but it's 
it's supported by cables, but still, you know, you have a scoreboard and everything. I mean, that would be a perfect, perfect place for the Nashville Predators to host a game. You know, they could host against Carolina or even, you know, Pittsburgh or Philly or or the Capitals, you know, anybody. And I think that's what this would be a really good move for them. Now, since I'm going there, you know, you could probably throw in the infield at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You know, granted, they would have to build some stands there, you know, on the infield next to the rink. You know, um, other possible places. I mean, you can go and really hit some nostalgia with playing an outdoor an outdoor game, you know, setting up the rink and everything at the speed skating venue in Lake Placid. I mean, it's big enough. So why not? I mean, you got, I mean, there's history in that little small town. You know, I I don't think that there are, are grandstands there. I don't think, you know, you'll have to put up some some seating. Um, other ideas was, an, an idea I had was if you were going to want to go play on a beach, it would have to be the, but I think it would have to be the Winter Classic if you did this. The two Florida teams playing on, you know, since we're talking, you know, racing in Indianapolis, Bristol, I would actually think about maybe doing it on the trioval at Daytona International Speedway between the two Florida teams. The thing is, though, you don't do the game. You know, you do a winter classic game. You play the game at night. All right. You know, because it's going to be a little bit colder in around Christmas. It's going to be cold down there. You know, it drops probably down into the 30s. So it would. It's an idea to play with. You know, the other the other idea was. They used to race on the beach in in Daytona. You could probably put a ice rink on Daytona in Daytona or right there on the beach. So those, you know, a lot of these. I know a lot of these ideas are really out there, but you know what? It's 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 fun to talk about. Where else can you put an ice rink? All right. I mean, they played on a golf course this past weekend. How about Augusta National? I mean, the Masters and a, and a Winter Classic game. I don't know what teams you'd be. Maybe the two Florida teams could play there. So there's a lot of possibilities out there to just plop an ice rink, maybe throw up some grandstands, and do the do the Winter Classic. Because this weekend really felt like you were. I mean, if you were to take the boards or if you were to take the boards away, the glass away, it would feel like you were playing on an actual pond. Okay, and that's what the type. That's what they're trying to go. What type of feel they were going for this weekend, and it looked like it. It really looked like it, and I wish that they would they would do more of these like outdoor games in other places other than a stadium because you got to have fans. But I, but this was actually fun. I mean, another idea was you know if you want to go New England, Lake Winnipesaukee, find an empty spot on Lake Winnipesaukee, maybe you know somewhere there's got to be an open there's got to be open land where you can plop a rank right next to Lake Winnipesaukee. Another idea I had was go to one of the um, ski resorts, maybe plop a, you know, plop a rink down, you know, plop, maybe put a rink down, you know, in a parking lot, you know, go to Okemo, you know, and find a parking lot and, and put it there and an, an empty piece of property where you can, you know, put a rink. You can basically build a rink anywhere that's level. If you have a level piece of property, you can possibly put a rink there. You know, or the or the guy or the crew who's putting the rink in can level it out themselves. Doesn't really matter, but still, 
I, I'm loving this idea of playing outdoors, even if there's fans or not. Because this weekend, I love this weekend. This weekend was great. You know, and I think, you know, I know that these ideas are probably stupid and none of them are ever going to happen, but it is something different. I mean, change is good and I think the NHL should give it a try. You know, they've got nothing to lose here, all right? Now, I know my my Daytona idea is kind of stupid because of the sun and everything, but still, it's an idea, all right? And it's an idea I'm just throwing out there. You know, there's there's other places where they could probably play that, that are colder climates. I mean, there's a bunch of, like, Minnesota, you know, golf course in Minnesota, somewhere where you're getting that outdoor feel of skating on a pond, you know, as a kid, all right? That's what they want. You know, they want to bring these guys back to, because that's where a lot of kids learn how to skate, was on the ponds of Canada, was on the ponds of, you know, of, you know, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Minnesota, you know, upstate New York. That's where the kids, that's where a lot of these NHL guys or players, you know, got their first taste of skating was on a back, you know, was on a pond or a backyard rink, you know, or, you know, I hate to say it, but at a local rink. But still, there's nothing like playing outside. And they did an awesome job this weekend with the exception of, you know, they should have started, you know, Sunday or Saturday's game at night. It it wouldn't have made them look as stupid as they did, as as they were at that point. But everything got off, got off on a, on a good, good note. And yesterday's game was awesome. You, you couldn't ask for anything, anything more here. Now, I did talk about the, the Bruins retro jerseys, their gold retro jerseys, the Flyers uh, orange jerseys. I mean, those, those jerseys looked really nice last night. I really enjoy, I mean, I'm like looking at the, the Bruins retros. Those were awesome. I mean, seeing them on, when they first released them and everything, and you're sitting there, and I'm sitting there looking at the jersey. I'm like, all right, they're just plain gold, and you know they don't they don't look good. And but once the players put those jerseys on and started playing in those jerseys, those jerseys look really really cool. Now on Saturday, Colorado and Vegas they wore their retro jerseys. Now. I do have a little bit of a problem with Vegas. Vegas, you really can't go retro since they're a newer team. So basically, to me, that jersey isn't really a retro jersey. That red jersey or orange, whatever color the hell that was, that wasn't, to me, that's just a regular third jersey because they don't have anything retro to do. You know, maybe, maybe if they took the color, maybe if they took the colors of the, you know, of a team that, of, a team that actually played in Vegas. I mean, there's been a couple of minor league teams that have played in Vegas. Maybe if they took the colors from those teams. Now, Colorado, they went they went in a different direction. They went retro. They went with the Quebec Nordiques jersey with Colorado Avalanche colors. Now, I don't know how the Quebec Nordique fans think. I mean, there's still quite a few of them out there. They they basically there's a group of them that actually do travel around and go from rink to rink every 
every year they plan this trip. So there is something, you know, there are there are Colorado or Quebec Nordique fans out there, and I'm wondering how they feel about it. Because there's a group of people in in Connecticut that aren't really happy with what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing. You know, I mean, there was a Twitter war on Friday. And this is how it started. The Carolina Hurricanes traded it traded. The Carolina Hurricanes um, changed their picture from their logo, from their Hurricanes logo to the Whalers logo. Now, that set off a Twitter war between every Whaler fan out there, Carolina fan. I mean, it was nuts. And there was a couple of times where a couple even even politicians got into this. There was politicians from Carolina. There's there's a politician from Connecticut. There's another. There's a uh, there was a former television anchor in Connecticut that said something. I mean, you know, com- I mean, it was back and forth. You know, hey, you stole our team. You know, you're stealing our logo. It's it's not. You know, it's not your logo. You know, take it off. Now, here's the thing. I had an issue with this back when. When Carolina first did this against the Bruins, they wore the green. They wore the green jerseys, and it bothered me. I'll be honest with you; it bothered me that they broke out the green jer- the green Whaler jerseys from 1980 through 1993. So we'll say the 80s, the the 80s jerseys, and that bothered me. I mean, it still bothers me that they, you know. And then a couple years later, they did the white ones. All right, and it still bothers me. But for some reason, this did really bother me because, the, first of all, the uniforms were ugly. The Whalers never wore a gray jersey. You know, yeah, it's the, but it's still a logo. I mean, they could have done something different with the logo. I mean, they could have done what Minnesota did. All right, now Minnesota went along and and did something completely different. The Minnesota Wild had their regular on their on their jerseys it's their logo but it's not their colors it's the Minnesota North Star colors which was kind of cool so maybe the maybe if Carolina did that did the Whalers logo with their own colors it may maybe it would have been a little bit different but there's a lot of people out there that are really upset when they saw that all the way up until this weekend all throughout the weekend it was a twitter war between connecticut and carolina it was kind of it was kind of funny to read those comments i mean it was hilarious well looking at your stats uh halfway through this in uh, through 16 games brad marchand has 9 goals and 11 assists for 20 points patrice bergeron is in there uh with 7 goals 12 assists and 19 points david pasternak with his hat trick, has nine goals and five assists for 14 points. Nick Ritchie, who has been a surprise to every Bruins fan, he's got six goals, seven assists, and 13 points. Charlie McAvoy is in there with two goals, 11 assists, and 13 points. David Krejci, who did not play this weekend, is stuck at 10, uh, 10 assists and no goals. Craig Smith is in there with three goals and, and uh, seven points. Charlie Coyle, who scored yesterday, hopefully he'll he'll get back to his winning or his scoring uh, his scoring ways here. He's uh he has three goals, uh, two assists, fifteen uh, and and five points. Chris Wagner is in there with uh, three points, two goals, and three assists. 
and the rest of the whole rest of the team still only has a goal and an assist, three points. So there you have it with the with the guys who are our goal scorers. So looking at the skaters. Now Tuka Rask played his tenth game yesterday. He now has a record of seven seven two zero and one. His goals against is two point five six, and his save percentage is nine point zero one. Yeah, now Halak is in there with uh, f- uh, four with four wins, one loss, one overtime loss. Goals against average of one point six six, and a save percentage of nine point two eight. Now I know a lot of people are still, you know, who's better, Tuka or Halak. You know, yeah, the stats are saying, yeah, the stats are saying Halak is the better is the better goaltender here as far as goals against and save percentage. But you got to realize Tuca has played more games. That's the way that so basically that's going to affect his stats since he's played games in the lock. So you guys got to really you know none of this crap of you know which goaltender's better. You know it's it all depends on who's played the most games. So basically, there you go. Now looking at the week ahead, we got the Bruins and the. And the Islanders on February 25th, February 26th, the Ra- the Bruins go back down and face the Rangers. And then they go and face the Rangers next Saturday, or no, next Sunday at Madison Square Garden. Now, looking at the, the league-wide standings, the Bruins are top of the Mass Mutual East with 24 points, followed by the Washington Capitals with 21 points. Philadelphia is down there is there with 19, tied with Pittsburgh with 19. The Islanders are also tied with 19. The New York Rangers are in there with 15 points, New Jersey Devils in there with 14, and of course and the Buffalo Sabres rounding out the bottom with 12. Now, looking at the Scotia North with the Can- with all the Canadian teams, Toronto is on top with 14 wins, they have 30 points. Edmonton has 12 wins, 24 points. Winnipeg is in third with 23 points. Montreal is in that final playoff spot with 21. Vancouver has 18. Calgary with 17. And Ottawa with 11. So, all right. Now going to the Discover Central. We have Carolina up on top with 25 points. 24 points for Florida in second. In third, it's Chicago with 22. Tampa Bay in there with 21. Columbus in there with 20 and number five. Number six, it's Dallas with 14, tied with Nashville with 14, and Detroit rounds out the the last spot with 13 points. Now going out to the Western Western Division, the Honda West Division, St. Louis is ahead, ahead in that division with 22 points. Vegas is in second with 21. Colorado has 19 points coming in at third. In fourth, it's Los Angeles with 17. Tied with the fifth place team, Arizona with 17. Minnesota with 16. San Jose with 16. And Anaheim with 15. So there you go with the divisions. Right now, every night I'm watching, you know, or any time I get, especially on the NHL Network, I'm watching the Canadian division games because those are fun. Those have become the, the fun the fun games to watch here to watch to see all the Canadian teams just battle it out for that. I would say, I mean, if you're going to give out, I, 
I don't think that they're going to give out any type of a trophy or anything. But to be honest, I think that they should actually give out a special trophy for for whoever wins the division overall, overall winner, the regular season winner in each division for this year. Seeing as that, you know, things are things are a little nutty out there right now. They might as well give you know the regular season the regular season um, the regular season winner in each division should get some type of a, a winner's trophy for doing this because you know there's a lot on the line especially in the Scotia North division with all these Canadian teams it's like bragging rights for you know all of Canada to see who's got the better team and to be honest this division is fun to watch so if you get a chance. Flip on, turn on a game, and they're they're really those games are fun to watch. I enjoy watching them. Just just to see, you know, teams like, you know, Calgary. Well, we all know that there's a big battle between Edmonton and Calgary, but you know that there's going to be something going on between. You know, we know that there's, you know, maybe get it get something going between Toronto and Vancouver. You know, we know that there's a rivalry between Ottawa and. And Toronto, you know, maybe Winnipeg and Montreal throw throw in a big, big rivalry. So, but to be honest, that's that's the that's that's the division I've been watching for a, for a long time. If I if there are any games I'm gonna watch on TV, those are the games I'm gonna watch. They are a lot of fun to watch. If you have a question for me, you could tweet me at hockey nascar four thirteen or go to my Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page. This show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, and you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. If you are interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, have a great week, and go Bruins! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.